0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So this is another episode that I am recording live. Live meaning I didn't record it months ago. I'm recording it a few days before it comes out. And so I want to say thank you to everyone who, who messaged me, telling me that episode 114, talking about financial complacency and abandonment as a red flag, That that episode was helpful and validating for you. Um, That episode, I was very nervous. Like I said in the intro, I was very nervous in putting it out. I recorded the intro eight million times, and it still wasn't right. I still listened back, and I was like, "Oh, I should have said it this way," Um, just because I know that when we talk about money and relationships that it can be very sensitive. And right now I was also very anxious because right now there's a lot of discord online about money and relationships and what matter and what doesn't. And I really didn't want to get caught up in in some of the politics of that. But I I did know and I do know that there are a lot of women who are in relationships with partners who are making them feel not enough and the financial component and seeing that up front is a red flag for that and and being honest about what is a true true red flag versus a temporary thing and just seeing someone's integrity so I'm so happy that that was helpful for the ladies who needed it and thank you for letting me know that and sending sending your stories in for that so so sending y'all love Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, posted main products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for a success, listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With that said, today's episode, I am continuing being responsive. which I'm I'm always responsive. All of my podcast episodes come from what I'm hearing from y'all, what I'm seeing from y'all, what I'm seeing with the women who I get to coach and who are my students. But uh, once somebody messaged me, she messaged me maybe a month or two ago um, in our text community group. And so I have a free text line that's in the show notes where I send out inspiration once or twice a week. Sometimes I send out updates. That I usually have to pick between the two because I don't want to send out too many messages. So either I'll update y'all and things that are going on in Black Girls Hill and or I will send inspirational um, c- content and just reminders or like a short story to, to communicate a lesson. But anyways, uh, she's in that free text community group and she messaged me and, and she messaged me there and I saw it. Sometimes I don't see them because there's a lot of replies because they actually come direct to me. They're not... It's not some robot or somebody else taking care of them. I, I get them, but I can't respond to all the messages. But she sent a message that said, You should have a podcast episode where you answer people's questions or that we can hear from your students. And I was thinking, Well, I did that two years ago. <laughs> and I, of course, it's two years ago with episodes, but um, I used to do that a lot. I used to have previous coaching students come on and talk about their experience in the program and some of the lessons that they've learned and I did it once where I had people from the community who like signed up for a time and I answered their questions in short form and then I shared that on the podcast but even then I think because I it was the first time I did it I didn't ask as many questions as I would have if We were, they were actually my students and I didn't go as deep as I could have. And so I had some feelings about that. And so, and I didn't know how it was received. So I just, I just stopped doing it. But hearing that from her and also knowing how fucking phenomenal, like I can't even, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to tame that down. How phenomenal our live group Q&A calls are in my programs for my coaching students where they come and they ask their questions. Like those rooms just feel, you can feel the healing. You can just feel what's happening with the women in the room, with the other women who were in the room as part of the community, holding space for them. I just, it is my favorite thing to do to get on group calls with my students and talk through what's going on with them. And having the other woman in the room completely resonate with what's going on. Or, you know, last week I had one student who chimed in after I gave my response and totally validated what the other woman was going through. And it's just, they're great. So with, with her sharing that request, I was like, well, let's let's try this again. Let me go ahead and answer some questions here on the podcast And if y'all like it, I'll keep doing it. And if you don't like it, well, well, sorry. (laughs) But that's what we're going to do today. So what I did is I sent out a link to all the ladies in my text community. I didn't share anywhere else. I didn't share it on email. I didn't share on social. And I said, if anybody has a personal question that you want me to answer on the podcast, go ahead and fill out this form and I will pick a few and I'll answer. And so uh, my lady showed out. So I was going through this and I see there's a lot of questions I want to answer and I can't answer all of them, but um, I've narrowed it down to eight. (laughs) I've narrowed it down to eight questions. And typically when I do my group calls, I will stay until there are no more questions um, for my for my coaching students. And so that means our calls can last several hours, and so women will like watch the replays, or some women just they put in their calendars just to be there the whole time, so that they can they can watch it or participate. Um. So, um, At at this point, I don't think I want to make this a two hour podcast episode. So, I'm either going to try to answer these as quickly as I can, or answer half. And then if y'all like it, maybe post the other half. We'll see. So let's stop eating up podcast time. And let me go ahead and jump into the questions. So as a reminder, even though I am trained as a therapist, I am not your therapist. Every woman listening to this podcast and every woman who I am supporting you with an answer for You need to have your own relationship with a licensed mental health professional on a regular and consistent basis. This is just advice from someone in your support group, I guess you could say. But make sure that you are following the advice of the person who is regularly checking in with you with your mental health. All advice I give is always psychoeducational as it is coaching Um, feedback. And so it should always be filtered through, um, through those sources. Okay. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump on in. So this question is from Valerie. Valerie wrote, Hi, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm six months sober. Congrats. And I attend AA daily, listen to podcasts, read and journal. I also try to have positive affirmations in the forefront of my mind. I'm still so hurt over so many decisions I've made and I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. How long does it take? No, seriously. Is there such a thing as doing wrong things sometimes not working to help yourself in recovery? How do I know a program is really not working and it's not just me wanting to chicken out the episode on codependency and love avoidance. have really helped me understand some things and I just want to stay on track. So, um, Valerie, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, again, congrats on on being six months sober. That is so amazing. I hope you have gotten your chips since you are in AA. Um, something that I noticed that is not here, as far as what you are doing, is checking in with other people. With you being in a twelve step community, one of the one of the benefits that makes the program so amazing is you having fellowship with the other men and women in the group. And I'm going to lean towards women for you. Well, that's an assumption that you are straight. But you, know, you don't want to, there's a rule when it comes to recovery that the first year when you're in 12-step programs that you do not get in, into any romantic partnerships because you can switch out whatever your addictive behavior or substance is and become addicted to that person. And then when that breakup happens, it can drive you right back deeper to to the substance, right? Because that relationship is also hitting your attachment and your childhood trauma, and it's just layers. So um, I don't see that you are connecting with other people in fellowship, and that is one of the things that will help you, and I'm, I'm jumping straight into answering your question. That's one of the things that can help you get out of your head and not help you feel so alone and see if you're sabotaging if you're sabotaging or if something's not working or maybe you're doing the right thing but the way that you're applying it it can use a little bit of tweaking but talking to people who've gone there and been there before or who are currently there at the same time you are is going to help you not feel so alone it's going to help you not feel like you're the only one who's doing dealing with this and you're you're the fuck up and you know you know 6 months is the longest i've ever gotten and i don't know if i'm going to be able to keep it and all that stuff and dealing with the regret you know, in those rooms there there are so many stories that we share about mistakes that we've made and feeling feeling secondhand embarrassment for our past selves and how foolish we would we must have looked and and how naive we must have looked and that other people saw the things that we did and and those feelings are valid and they're important and they matter and they're nothing to be ashamed of because we're human. And we all make mistakes, but it's, it's not until you are openly sharing those things in those meetings and having other people in the room nod and say, yeah, yes, I've been there. And look at you with eyes filled with compassion and love. And especially if you're someone who runs from compassion and someone who runs from love, not knowing how to handle that and not knowing how to receive that, that's also a reason why people don't want to share because you feel like you're not deserving of it. You feel like you're not deserving of the love or the second chances and the third chances and the 69th chance, but you are, you absolutely are. So, so my feedback is for you to be actively getting numbers from other people in the 12 step meetings, checking in with, with women. I'm just going to assume that you are straight. If you are not straight, I hope that there is a um, queer um, meeting for you in your city that you can um, connect with people in your fellowship there, Um, but, or whatever, whatever scenario works for you so that you are not at risk of mistaking, sexualizing feelings of connection, because for some of us, we we've never had kindness from someone unless they ended up becoming our boyfriend or girlfriend or a crush, or we build a fantasy around them because they're so nice, because we've never really had people love us and see us just because. So we don't quite know what friendship is, right? Unless if I'm sexually attracted to you at all, I cannot be your friend. Um, and I will sexualize what our connection is and like, what is this? And, you know, they really listen to me and they're so kind to me. Like, maybe this means something else outside of, no, this is just how friendships work. Like, this is how human relationships work. It doesn't always have to be something else, right? So, so yeah, that's my first thing. Second thing, absolutely finding a therapist. I don't see that you're... Um, your list of things that you're doing, I don't see therapy. And if you are working through carried shame and trauma and pain, um, a licensed therapist is going to help you make sense of all that and piece that together, especially, you know, one of the things that I've said that. I have not liked when I was actively practicing therapy and also being on the other side and having my own therapist is I wish I could talk to them more often because <laughs> sometimes the just to be going through things and I know my clients sometimes be going through things, but with you being in AA, you have that built-in community of people that you can try out and connect to and people want to hear from you. People put their numbers down for anyone who does 12-step meetings. When people put their numbers down, They are fully expecting you to call them any and every time of night, especially especially in the um, I mean, I think also in the love and sex addiction communities, but especially in the NA and AA communities, because I feel like I feel like y'all know more than anything how dire this stuff is and how quickly lives can be lost. And so the responsiveness of those communities is just phenomenal. And so use use your people. And the the part of your question that says, how do you know if this is working or not? Um, I think I actually already answered that. You need to talk with some other people and just get their feedback on what specifically is happening for you. You know, this is one of the drawbacks of not being able to talk with you live about this, but you know, I would ask you, what are the things that you're thinking is you chickening out versus maybe, maybe you just need to have some patience with the process. Maybe what you're feeling that's uncomfortable. It's like, you're starting to feel emotions and have thoughts that you haven't had before. And it's very, like I said, uncomfortable for you. And you're trying to figure out how to make them go away quickly and Maybe it's you having to realize that, you know, you have years and years of pain and experiences that you have to let come out and that you have to process. And it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this heavy. It's not always going to be this hard for you. But the more you avoid it and the more you run and the more you try to do it by yourself, the heavier it's going to feel, right? Right. So that is my advice for you, Miss Valerie. I hope that you found that helpful. All right, next question is Miss Mommy. So Mommy shares, I'm so anxiety-ridden and I end up staying with a man I knew from the beginning I should have never been with. Eight and a half years later, still the same problems with other women we had in the beginning and I make myself only see the good in him. So basically not let go, even though I know I have to. As of the beginning of this month, I've started to work on letting him go, but he hasn't physically left the home and I'm getting ready, getting ready as much as I can mentally reaching out to you and going to counseling and started exercising, cutting back on soda, taking vitamins, just trying to do what I can to help me. But I also know when he gets his own place, I'm going to freak out even though I'm the one who wants out. How do I keep my mind from going back and forth when I know everything around me is screaming, let him go? All right, Miss Mommy. So first of all, I love seeing how you are showing up for yourself differently. The girl, you taking your vitamins, (laughs) you're going to counseling, you're exercising, you are... Um, trying to take some space for yourself that is take, cutting out soda you are you're doing the thing and inside I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you you've actually already broken up with him um, which is awesome so okay so I have several thoughts and several questions that I don't have the answer to um but yeah so the first the first thing is eight and a half years um You didn't mention kids. And so you don't have kids together. And my first thought is he needs to get out of your house now. If if this is your home that y'all do not share together with the same lease or whatever else, or, um, you know, you're not tied. It sounds like you're not married. If you're not tied together, he needs to get up out of your house now. This is a grown man who will figure out what he needs to do. He's been cheating on you. You've had consistent issues with him. Is emotionally draining you. He needs to leave your house yesterday. Um, that part of you that loves him is like, but well, what about this? And he only needs a little bit more time and I can do just another week or two or whatever else. Fuck that. That's your codependency. That codependency is what's been keeping you in this relationship for eight and a half years. And you need to start, you've already started the process, making the right decision for yourself, and now is the time to follow through with that. And just like exercising doesn't always feel good, and just like taking those big old vitamins, you know, you might get caught in your throat a little bit, just like exercising doesn't always feel good, you do it because you know that the benefit on the other side is what's going to help you feel better. And there's, I'm telling you right now, if you've been in love with this man for eight and a half years, there's not gonna, there is not gonna be a time, there is not gonna be a time now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, that you're gonna be like, all right, I feel good with letting you go because you've been deeply in love with him. And it's okay for you to be honest with the fact that you've been deeply in love with him. And that, that deep love, and yes, there's trauma bonds and yes, there's codependency, but that deep love and connection will will make you make your resolve less lesson and and so this isn't about willpower when I hear from women who are trauma bonded or addicted to someone and they're like you know I'm just not I'm not gonna block them but I'm not gonna call them I want to be like girl (laughs) I think a different word but (laughs) I don't want to trigger anybody I'm thinking girl girl you know first of all no Second of all, this isn't a logical thing. Like if this was as logical, if this was a logical decision, um, you would have already made the decision um, a few months, you would have made this decision months in when he first started cheating on you, right? Um, When we talk about attachment and love and connection, this is connected to our bodies, to our souls, to our spirits, and to our trauma as children, right? And so it all gets mixed up and confused and so it's hard for you to let go because it's not really just about him it's about all of the pain and all the experiences that you've had before the letting go of him and what he represented like in some way he has represented your freedom he's represented um, this is my chance for true love he's represented someone who has been here for me emotionally when nobody else was here for me and if I let that go I'm never going to have it again And so that's why you don't want to let it go, because you have in your mind that he's the only one who could give this to you. And that's bullshit. It's bullshit. He's 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 clogging up space, stopping you from being able to find relationships that do work for you. And so if you want to be free, he's got to get up out your house now so that you can start to build a life and see that the floor is not going to fall out from under you. Right now, you've been standing on the rocky foundation of this man and this really, Destructive situation, and trying to convince yourself, and you know, yeah, convince yourself. I am not going to say gaslight, but you've been trying to convince yourself that it's going to even out. Um, and maybe, maybe let me let me actually amend that because you've actually started the process of breaking up and going to therapy and all that stuff. But you are trying to convince yourself that okay, I can I can keep standing on this gravelly road for a little bit more. And what I am saying is, you you don't have to. And his next steps are his responsibility to find out. And if anything, if, if he's doing the whole, I need some more time, he, he might fit episode 114. He might be the man who um, is always looking for a break and looking for women and other people to take care of him if he can't take care of himself. Let that man figure out his next steps. Um, And what happens to him is not your fault and it's not your responsibility. He is in charge of his own life. And you got to work through your codependency does not take responsibility for that. Okay. So let him go now. If you are, if you do share a lease or if you do share something that legally has y'all together, honestly, what I would do is I would get out the lease. I would go and talk to the landlord. I would go and talk to whoever it is to see what I need to pay to, 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 to get my name taken off. I would take the financial hit, work more hours, empty out my savings because the longer you stay there, the more this is going to impact you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, sexually. Right. Like you didn't say this, but if someone's in your house, even if you have negative feelings about them, um, and especially if you have history and especially the way COVID's going, we all want to be touched. We all want to be hugged. We all want to be loved. And so you may slip in and get a little reconnection with him. And all that does is just shoot off more oxytocin, oxytocin, more of the connecting hormones that make you stay in the partnership. So you got to get out now because you are losing more time and more access to who you're supposed to be on the other side. Okay. So that is for you, Miss Mommy. I hope that you find that helpful. This is a good place to plug in our From Avoidant to Available program. Um, again, I know, I know that the name sounds like it's only for people who are love avoidant and not my ladies who are love addicted. But in this program, I'm literally teaching you once you are through with this situationship that you're broken up or maybe you've been single for a while and you are wanting to reconnect or start to connect to people who are actually available for you and you're needing to be led through that process and, and mentored and coached through that process. That's what this program is for. And connecting it to maybe your trauma patterns, but also giving you clear steps on moving out of it. That's what we're doing here. So if that is you, I want you to apply to the program and join us in our next round. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org apply. And I hope to work with you soon. My love addicts and my love avoidance. All right, next question. I'm going to skip to one of my current students um, who is going by Lady B. By the way, y'all, I am only reading names that they are giving me permission to share. So some people are sharing their actual names. Some people are sharing um, pseudonyms. And so this is Lady B. And so what's up, Lady B? Love you, sis. So her question is, I'm over here trying to shoot my shot with a guy I've been attracted to for three years and don't even know how to follow up. I told him about my interest in getting to know him, and he agreed that we should get to know each other, but I'm thrown off by his response and don't even know if he's genuinely interested. His response to my statement was, hey, we should. Now I have cold feet and kind of wish I didn't put myself out there. Okay, so Miss Lady, so... First, I just want to validate and affirm and say, I'm so proud of you for communicating what you want and or communicating, yeah, communicating what you want and showing up for yourself and not waiting for someone else to read your mind. That is awesome. You've been killing it. I'm so proud of you. And with this, I'm thinking I have a lot of different thoughts and we should definitely talk about this more at our um, next group call. But my first thought is, I'm wondering, I wish I could see screenshots to see, because it sounds like this, well, it doesn't, yeah, it sounds like it's over text because all he said was, hey, we should. And the way that you wrote it looks like it was like, it's all lowercase. And so this wasn't a real um, face-to-face or phone-to-phone conversation. So I wish I could see screenshots because, my first thought is, if you're saying, hey, we should get to know each other more, if I'm a guy, I am not necessarily going to think that you mean, let's get to know each other romantically. Like, especially if we've been friends this whole time, and maybe he's been friend zones, like maybe he's liked you from the beginning, but he learned that he was just your friend, and now you decided that you want to get to know him romantically now that you're more open to connection. And you're like, hey, we should get to know each other more. I, if, if I'm working in my own self-protection or if I'm working in my own understanding of the boundaries you've given to me as my female friend, I'm not going to immediately go there, right? And so my first question is, were you actually clear with romantic interest? My um, second question is, you know how I feel about text conversations. <laughs> I I strongly, strongly, strongly discourage my clients from doing text conversations for kind of this reason, like you don't know, I mean, you can't, you can't hear his voice. You don't know if it's, hey, we should, or hey, yeah, we should. And then it's a flat tone at the end. And you're like spending a lot of time trying to interpret and mind read what this man is saying instead of asking him and you know cuz you're asking me instead of asking him <laughs> and so that would be my my next suggestion is to ask him what he meant and I would this is going to be hard and this is going to be vulnerable but my suggestion would be for you to ask him on the phone or if y'all happen to be in the same place and I'm cross paths to ask him face to face hey so when I was saying that we should get to know each other more I was I was saying romantically I was saying you know I really like you or in some variation of that to say that you have interest in him outside of just a friendship and to ask do you, would you be open to that and see what he says and the thing about that that makes it really scary is if we feel like we are lacking or there's something wrong with us, we could want to run, run, run from rejection because if this guy who I really like rejects me, that means that all men will reject me because you believe that you are rejectable. Versus this man could say that he's not interested for a lot of reasons. He could be talking to somebody else. He could actually feel that you are not his type, but that doesn't mean that you are not anybody's type. Right. Y'all can have different senses of humor. He could have a different path that he wants. He can have a different communication style than you do. He can have a different set of interests that makes you him not a good match for you. And so you have to start looking at this as I'm I'm amazing and I make my partners better. And I have so much to contribute because I'm funny, because I'm beautiful, because I'm wise, because I'm kind, because I elevate my partner's masculinity, you know? Of course I'm a wonderful partner and just like I get to choose who I want to connect to, they get to choose as well. And so it frees me to find someone who's a better fit, but it doesn't say anything about me just because he's not available for that, unless you actually believe that that's true. And so this is where the work that we're doing in the program, this is where I talk about, you know, our relationships are a mirror And what we do and what we don't do and why, you know, even though we talk about dating, looking at the reasons why we may not want to have these face-to-face conversations and looking at our response after we have these face-to-face conversations is really where the work is. Like the dating and all that is just a conduit. It's just, it's just a mechanism that we're using for our own self-development work. And the benefit of that is it also helps us have healthier relationships, not only with romantic partnerships or with friendships and with family and with other people because we're learning more about ourselves and we're learning more about what we need um chances are because i know you lady b um you're not going to these negative places like maybe maybe if you are feeling nervous it's just because you've not ever done it before but you have you're such a you're such a resilient and wise and introspective woman and i really really love and respect you um for that And I just, you know me, I want to cover all my bases. So in short, go back to him, have a phone conversation and get clarification on whether or not he's interested. And and then have a conversation from there. From there, you know, we can talk. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Yeah, let's talk more because I want to hear your response from that. And then we can talk about where to take it from there. So hopefully that's helpful. Hey, uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real, genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. All right. Next question is an audience um, question, not someone who I have previously worked with. So looking forward to supporting you, my love. This is for Jay Simone. So Jay writes, I'm trying my hardest not to run away from my mom in the past year. I've set boundaries for our relationship. And while that has been difficult for her, it has made my life so much better. When I talk to my mom, sometimes it feels like she does or says things to try and hurt me. In the past, I've confronted her about it. She got so upset and said things like, I'm crazy. She loves me. And why would she do that? My thing is, I never said she didn't love me. I said it feels like I'm in competition with her sometimes because of things she says or does. At this point, I don't even tell her when something great is happening for me until it's well underway because her lack of enthusiasm makes me wish I never said anything at all. My question is, is there anything I can do to get out of the space of wanting my mother's approval of what I do in my life? The energy she brings into my life is unsavory, but I worry that one day I'll regret that we aren't close. I feel as though I'm living in a shadow and I'm eager to be the woman I'm destined to be. If only I could be emotionally free. I'm just not sure what to do. All right. So, Miss J, thank you so much for sharing. And first, I want to start with um, first, I want to validate the fact that you're winning in life. That's so great. And I hope that you're patting yourself on the back for every time that you're having a positive experience, a promotion, a uh, something that can be celebrated. I hope that you are giving yourself your own flowers, literally. There's a poem that I really love that talks about building a garden. And one of the lines talks about, you know, instead of waiting for other people to to plant your garden for you, that you start to do it yourself. So you buy yourself those um, those. Balloons on your birthday you go and you give yourself roses because you're starting to treat yourself in the ways that you have always deserved instead of waiting for someone else to to see your value that you've always possessed and um, you start to create create a container where this is the standard for you right because you're you're showing up for yourself first so there's that's the first thing I wanted to say the second thing is I I'm sorry to hear about what's happening with your mother and um, how, how frustrating that could be to feel like you're having the same conversation over and over again and it's not being heard by the other person. Um, that, sounds, that sounds really hard. And my, my question to you, you didn't say it here, but I wonder if you've looked up narcissism and narcissistic mother relationships specifically. I think that you can find a lot of resources and a lot of stories that really connect to what you shared. So a narcissist relationship being one where they are in competition with you and you shining takes away from them, um, that they that everything that they do for you is to prove how good a person they are. And so your wins are actually their accomplishments um, that they will gaslight you and diminish what the actual reality of things that are happening, um, what the actual reality is to to make themselves look in a positive light or to make them to be the victim of you being ungrateful or crazy or bad like you're sharing right now. And so I want you to know you're not making that up. And you're not making up that this is what's happening, that this is this is how... How things are actually playing out. And it's good that you are seeing that. So also you need to be in in relationship with a therapist. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say that for, for a lot of these, especially if I don't see that you're actually already in counseling or that you've been talking about this. I, and I do feel that there are certain seasons in our life that we are in counseling more or, you know, there may be times that you decide with your therapist or you decide yourself that, OK, I'm pretty stable right now. And um, maybe I could do once a month or once every couple of months, but I don't need every week or so. But if you if you have not processed this relationship with your mother, um, I suggest that you do go to a the therapist because the impact of narcissistic trauma goes really deep and it shows up in many layers of our life, even ones that we, we might think are really good because we, we can be functioning maybe at a high capacity, especially you know when, when you have a narcissistic parent, you have to learn how to be very independent and how to be very self-sufficient and how to create your safe places. And if you've created a safe place in the realm of achievements, And looking like you have everything together, especially to avoid the wrath of a narcissistic mother who's expecting you to be perfect because you have things going on in your life that look really great on the outside, you could possibly miss what some things are eating you up underneath all that, right? So, and think that that's just normal when really your life could be, you could be a lot happier than you are right now. So anyways, there's that plug. Your specific question to me though is, is there anything I can do to get out of this space of wanting my mother's approval of what I do in my life? And I'm going to answer that question in a way that's gonna sound, mm, the word isn't contradictory, but it's gonna it's going have a double, I'm gonna play both sides in how I answer this. Um, where it might be a little bit frustrating. So I want you to listen to the whole response before you, or anybody who's listening to this who is dealing with a similar situation, um, just kind of take a breath, okay? So my answer to that is no. There is not anything that you can do to completely erase wanting your mother's approval because she's your mom. A mother daughter relationship is an intimate, sacred relationship that from inception or from conception, um, it is designed to carry so much power and influence on how we see ourselves and how we come into our world, which is why it's so imperative that us, as mothers, as women who want to be mothers, as women who um, our child free but we have nieces nephews whoever who we are a mother figure to that we are consistently doing our our own work for those of us who are teachers who spend more time with the kids at the school who than some than the, than the parents sometimes and the kids the kids slip and call us mom without realizing it right like these are sacred relationships because of the power that they hold and so because of that there's always going to be a part of you that yearns for mama that yearns for mommy that yearns for your mother to turn to you with love and adoration and care because that's god-given because it's human and it's the same thing for men as well as the same thing for non-binary persons our mother relationship is our first relationship because that's how we came into this world so that's that's part of the truth but the other part is we can also look at the truth of this is what i want for my mother but it's not possible because this is what she's dealing with this is her mentality this is her way of seeing the world you know mpd is um, a trauma response from typically from her own narcissistic trauma. So narcissistic abuse that was put on her and that's, she had learned how to adapt in the world by becoming a narcissist or, you know, there's a lot of different research about where MPD comes from. But whatever whatever her story or background or reasoning is, the truth is she cannot give you the the level of care that someone who was able to take self accountability, a person that's able to apologize. She's not able to give you the, the benefit of the doubt. She's not able to, to acknowledge your wants and needs when it's inconvenient for her. And you got, you have to see that as the truth, which it sounds like you do. And if that's the case, do I need to grieve this relationship with my mother, even though she's alive and well? even though she might live down the street, even though I might talk to her a lot of times, but grieve, well, it sounds like you haven't, which I think is good for your mental health to have a little bit of break in space. So that's good that you've kind of taken that. But you're going to need to grieve the what ifs, the, the, the stories, well, I shouldn't say stories, but the scenarios maybe that you've played out of maybe she will get it, she'll apologize, or maybe, maybe you have fully accepted how she is. And so maybe the scenario is you'll figure out a way to balance your boundaries while being closer to her, that you'll, you'll crack the code on how to have an intimate fulfilling relationship with someone who has narcissistic tendencies and, Because of the nature of narcissism, that scenario might be one that you need to grieve that 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 is not possible unless she is getting that help. And if the way that you described her and where she is in her process, it doesn't sound like she believes that she needs help. And it also sounds like you've already communicated your feelings, and you probably also suggested a couple of therapists, and maybe you've even suggested mother, mother-daughter therapy, but you're the one who's crazy, or you're the one who needs help, so why would she go to a therapist and tr- try to invent things and create problems where none exist? You know, all, all the all these things that are things that are said. And so you might need to, to let yourself feel sad about that, to feel some some regret about that, um, to feel so close and yet so far, um, which, is, which is, can be really maddening to happen, just speaking honestly and um, just personally. And, and I feel for you with that. So with that said, the part B of your question is, how do I let go of that? Because you are gonna regret um, that you aren't close, and also that you feel like you're living in a shadow and you're eager to be the woman that you're destined to be if only you could be emotionally free. And by coming to terms with that is how you're going to let yourself be free. By understanding that this mother-daughter relationship here is impossible and so potentially looking for mother, mother friendships or dynamics in other places and other mentors and other locations. You know, for me, I... Um, um, you know, I've, I have had to find some family relationships and connections from outside mentors and relationships as well. Sometimes they weren't even real people. Sometimes I had to find um, from fictional characters or from people who I consider mentors or heroes who were famous people. And just watching those dynamics and watching what felt real and healthy to, to give that to myself while I was healing to replace the dynamic I had with some family members previously. I hope that made sense. So you're, you are going to need that mother daughter relationship. So you need to do the healing that comes with the trauma of what's happened in the past and the trauma of not getting it right now. And also maybe the trauma of the future, because what comes with that is, you know, Maybe once you start to build relationships, you didn't say here whether or not you're single or or mother, if you're a mother or if you have a partnership, but if you're a woman who wants to have children, maybe you have a snare in your head that your mother could be a really great grandmother and and be around the kids. But the truth is, if that was the case, then your mother might start to disparage your children or start to disparage your mothering and, and create a whole lot of doubt there and maybe pit you against the children or, you know, try to take the children for herself and talk about how, what a bad mom you are. You know, I mean, you you have the relationship with her, so you kind of know what the dynamics look like. And so you may need to grieve that the grandmother-grandchildren relationship might not look the same and that she might always have a negative thing to say about um, a person that you bring home to, to date in a serious way, no matter who the person is, because you are there for her own entertainment. So you may need to grieve that. So so grieve it so that you can be free from it and then start to create the lifestyle that you want from there, from there, using the support of your therapist or for this one, there are so many, there are a lot of really great people who are specialists in narcissism and have a lot of great programs for that. My programs are not specialized for narcissists or narcissism. There are absolutely women, a good, a good number of women in the program who have family members who are narcissists because that's just a really common trauma that I help them with. But if you want specification with narcissism, there's so much great information and so many great books and so many great programs to give you immediate access right now to learn about that and work through that. So that is my support for you, my love. I hope that you find that helpful. Okay, and so I'm recording this. I'm at 47 minutes now. So I'm going to answer one more question. And if y'all like this, if you feel like you've gotten a lot from what I've shared, if you feel like this is benefiting you, if you want to hear the other questions that women submitted in hopes that maybe your situation is hit on, um, go ahead and let me know but here's the last question and i will do a part two if y'all enjoyed it so okay part two this is miss Zinzali. so miss Zinzali says i've been in a traumatic relationship for decades two marriages to the same type but the last one more intense Lots of emotional abuse cheating gaslighting and much more no children together I finally was able to leave and want to stop all communication, but I'm having a hard time finalizing things because of my nature. All of all the hurt I experience, but I don't want to hurt them, so I've been trying to wean my conversations. I don't know, sorry, you said they don't know that I'm not coming back. Am I in, I'm in counseling and my counselor said to block them, but I'm trying to do things in steps and it's hurting me. I've been thinking about finding a group to help me with the process because I feel like no one understands what I'm going through. I'm conflicted because should I hate this person, because I should hate this person, but that's not me. Suggestions. Okie dokie. So first, Zinzali, thank you so much for sharing my love. Um, You're also one of my previous students and though you're no longer one of my active programs, I just want to send you some love and I hope that The content that you had up until now was helpful for you in determining what it is that you do want. So, okay. I want to really validate you for leaving. It is so, so hard to leave a relationship that even even when all the things that are going on that you said, emotional abuse, cheating, gaslighting, for people who are not in it, It's like, of course you should leave. And for you, it's because of those things that it's really hard for you to leave because of everything that you've given, because of the impact of the emotional abuse, because you're you hope that things could change. And they're love bombing you to bring you back around and give you little crumbs that are close to what you've always wanted. And it's hard for you to see see the forest through the trees it's hard for you to see what's actually real and not real and so the fact that you've actually left is huge and i hope you're giving yourself credit for that because it is nothing to sneeze at okay um that is such a weird expression that i'm going to look up after this nothing to sneeze at that is We all know what that means. And at the same time, it's such a weird (laughs) phrase that I never thought about until I just said it right now because it seemed like it didn't match the heaviness of the question. Totally a tangent. Let's get back to what you shared. Okay, so for this, I am going to share a lot of different things. I'm just going to go down the line of the questions that you said near the end or statements that I want to respond to. So you say you've been talking to a counselor. Awesome. Keep going to counseling. Keep going to your therapist. If you are in a destructive relationship, please keep going to your therapist. It is really helpful to have someone outside of what's going on with you and that person to keep you grounded. And it doesn't matter how long you have to keep going, as long as you can keep going, as long as you can move things around to make it a priority, please stay in therapy. Because outside of that, you are going to just fall really bad susceptible to what has been happening before. So I've been going to counseling and my counselor said to block them, but I'm trying to do things in steps, but it's hurting me. My first thought is what are the steps and why do you need to put things in steps? Maybe the answer to that question is that it's hurting you. And then my response to that is, yes, it's hurting you because you're trauma bonded to him. Not because he's the love of your life. Because the love of your life is not going to cheat on you, emotionally abuse you, and gaslight you. It is hurting you because this relationship is connected to other trauma. So what you're feeling is not, oh my God, this is the love of my life. I can't live without him. You're feeling trauma that's been stored in your body that probably happened when you were a little girl. Um, that has manifested in this relationship. So that's why this is really, really deep pain. And so keeping him around or keeping access to him or only blocking him on some social media platforms, but not all of them, you think that that is providing, that relief that it's providing is, you think that that's relief, but really that's just keeping the door open for you to continue to be hurt. For you continue to have access to men to people, but in this situation, to men who will, um, um, disappoint you, who will disappoint you and show up for you halfway. And you're continuing this process in your life where you're hanging on to people who, who only take from you and never give. And then on the other hand, you want the story to change. You want something different, but you're keeping the story going. And so for you to actually create that change, you have to block him and cut it off. You're blocking him and cutting him off, not because you hate him, but because y'all being in a relationship is dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional for you and it's dysfunctional for him. You staying around is not helping him. You staying around and him having someone to use and abuse and emote, um, self-soothe by coming back and forth to you instead of doing his own work, you're hurting him as well by you staying around. And so if you want him to get better and you're his drug too, um, you got you got to leave. And let me just say this, because I feel like I probably just fed into a fantasy because part of the fantasy is that I'm so in love with him and he's secretly so in love with me. And so to kind of hear, oh, I'm his drug too, probably gave you a little bit of an adrenaline hit and like romanticize. Oh, he's addicted to me and like felt fed this need for like this intense Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. And let me let me burst that bubble real quick. That addictive behavior is not because of you, but because he has so much pain and brokenness that he uses women for his own, for his, as tools, so that he doesn't have to deal with his trauma. Which is why he's interchanged you and other women in the sanctity in the in within your marital relationship. Right? It didn't matter that you had a piece of paper because he and his brokenness was going to continue to do what he did and does what he does, what he do. (laughs) Somebody fix that grammar for me on the other end, but he's going to continue to do what he does to run from himself and hurt others. Also cheating, gaslighting, emotional abuse, that sounds like narcissism. This, you know, this doesn't quite sound like someone who is just Really broken, and when, if he goes to therapy, he'll be able to do his own work and get better. Which you shouldn't stay around around for anyways, because like I said in the in the beginning of this episode, you got one life, sis. You got one life, and you've used enough years and enough months waiting for him to figure out. Fuck that. It is time for you. You've you've invested enough. You've given enough. You're not a bad person. You're not selfish. You're not a quitter. You are not. Um, you're not self-seeking. You, you, you have given so, 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 so much to this relationship. And so, do you give to your last? Do you give until you have no much, no more breath? Do you give until you are in a nursing home and he's completely cut you off because he's found another woman? You know, like how how much how much do you give? So, so, anyways, totally. <laughs> Totally, totally um, went off course. But going back to um, the difference between a narcissistic person and someone who's just really broken and has a lot of trauma, and they show up by um, rotating relationships and stuff, which many of us listening to this podcast right now. We are either currently doing or we have done it before if we are love addicts or love avoidance because love avoidance, we are good for switching people out and saying that they're the ones with the problems and then we, when we're the ones who are creating the walls, right? So um, this is not a judgment thing for someone who does that in their brokenness. However, if someone is a narcissist, you 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 highlighting this portion of the podcast episode and sending it to them for him to try to understand what you're going through is not going to do anything cuz chances are you've already had these conversations before which is why you have broken up with him. And so you have to leave to start your life so that you can stop having this emotional connection to him that is stopping you from from replacing that relation replacing that relationship with relationships that actually nurture you. Right? So your therapist is right. Any time I, when it comes to blocking people, a lot of times I get resistance from people because there's a lot of teachers and they're saying the right thing. I want to validate what they're saying. Um, There are a lot of teachers that will kind of, Discourage blocking and kind of make fun of when people try to block people because they'll say, well, you know, if you are clearing your own boundaries, then you don't need to block people. And I get that. When you're clear with your boundaries and you know someone doesn't something doesn't work for you, you don't necessarily have to block someone to say no. However, for y'all, for the population that I talk to here at Black Girls Heal, women with intimacy disorders, where our relationships are just microcosms of our tra- traumatic partnerships or traumatic relationships. And so our attachment is a lot stronger than maybe someone who has secure attachment has. We are going to need to do different things than what other people can do. And when we do this whole comparison, where, where, well, my girlfriend, she broke up with this person and she didn't have to block them. Or this person I really admire, you know, they talk about this and and they don't have to block people. So I'm not going to block them either. You're different. You're different. I am partly lactose intolerant. So I'm not going to go and have a whole cheese plate and say, well, my girlfriend can have all the cheeses. So I'm going to have cheeses too. No, my body is built differently and it doesn't make my body any any worse. It just means I know that I have a sensitivity when it comes to this. So for this, I have a sensitivity to people who have narcissistic tendencies. So whenever I meet someone who has narcissistic tendencies, I'm not going to test myself. By trying to be their friend and trying to prove that I'm stronger and I'm healed by engaging in conversation with them and and saying no, because I know I have a sensitivity to the manipulation, even though I'm stronger, even though I know the game, right? So it is protective to me to block them. It is protective and is actually healthy for me to block them. It is actually unhealthy for me to continue to engage in relationships that are destructive to me. It's the opposite for me than it is for somebody else. Does that make sense? And so it's okay for you. It's okay for you to know that about yourself. And because of that, do something differently for you. So going back to not having to hate the person, you're like, I'm conflicted because I should hate this person. And that's not me. It is narcissists. mm, let, Let me go back and not make this about the narcissist. It is a superpower For us, when we are kind, compassionate, loving, and giving women, so many of us, especially if we've been in a relationship with narcissists, or we've been cheated on, or gaslit, or people have used us and taken advantage of us, we can kind of despise that about ourselves and feel like it's a weakness, but it's not. It's our superpower. Women like us are what help the world go round. We are what provides balance to the world. These are strengths. And, and we have to balance that strength with knowing that I can totally ex- hope the best for somebody, but I can also see the reality of who they are. And so I can hope the best for this man that I've, that I was married to, that I've built a relationship with. Um, and I can, and I could see the potential of what he could be, but I can also see the reality that this is actually what it is. And this is what it's going to be for a long time. And this is where he is in his brokenness. And it's not my responsibility to care, take care of him or to stay around to prove that I believe in him because he's going to believe what he wants to believe no matter what. And me putting myself in emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, physical, sexual danger to continue to stay attached to him is not that's not my cross to bear. I'm not God. I'm going to release him to God. I'm going to release him to the universe. I'm going to release him to spirit for spirit to love and take care of him because that is not my role and they can do it a whole lot better than I can and my path is taking me someplace else and I can be grateful for the time that we had together for the lessons that I learned in spite of the pain and I can cherish some of the positive moments and take them for my own. But this chapter is closed and I get to close it. Okay. So my suggestion is for you to block this man, block him fully all the way around email. I've had clients who have blocked men and blocked men and women. In all different scenarios, and they found a way to message them through through Venmo and would send them like penny, penny, <laughs> penny donations, or you know through Cash App and stuff, all that stuff. Because the more they have access to you, you can be all indignant and be like, "I'm not going to respond to them," but it plants a seed, and then a couple of days later, or a week later, you will respond. You'll either respond. Or you'll reach out and say, what do you want? Or when they find another way to get at you, you're going to respond angrily. And that intensity, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is neutrality, which is why so many of us are addicted to that roller coaster up and down, hot and cold cycle where we we hate them and we want to fight them. And maybe some of us do fight them. And then we're rolling around having sex the next day because that intensity is still the same. So what you want is neutrality. And you only get neutrality by pulling yourself away and not having contact with him um, at all, okay? So block him on the phone, on Venmo, on Cash App, and email and social media. Don't unfriend him. Don't mute him. Block him all the way because you seeing seeing him looking at your stories and you looking at his stories is still emotional connection. Block all of the way and then that pain that you're feeling You need to bring that to your therapist and you need to be talking about it. You said you were thinking about joining a group. I highly, highly suggest that you find a Love Addicts Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts or Love Addicts Anonymous group. And you go to, um, they talk about going to 90 meetings in 90 days. So as much as you can go daily, you say you don't have kids together. um, I make up that you have access to, to time there's online meetings, and you go and you talk about what you're feeling and what you're going through every day for 90 days to replace that emotional connection that you've had with him because this is also going to be hard for you because you're also, you're also getting something from it. And so you've been getting something from hearing that voice. You've been getting something. Maybe they know so much about your family history, so just talking to them is comforting, even if you're only talking about the weather. And you got to replace all of that... Um, Power and all of that responsibility that you put on that partnership with him and put other people there because right now there's a part of you that feels like you can never have that and really this is a very poor imitation of everything that God has for you. Okay, so I hope that you find that helpful, Ms. Zinzi. I'm sending you so much love. You got this. And yeah, that's it for today's episode. I hope that y'all found this helpful. Again, this is why I love, I love, 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 love group calls and doing doing my community stuff in groups because I know, I know, I know that if you listen to this whole episode, even if you didn't connect specifically to what that person's actual scenario was, there was something in that that has helped you because the lessons that we have to learn are universal, and the way that our trauma hits it may present in a different way, but the impact and the source and the recovery is 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 aligned. Um, it all works together, which is why we're all here in this community. So, love you all. I'm sending you so many blessings and. I guess I will see you in the next episode if you want to join and if before I close (laughs) if you want to join our text community group just to be aware of any other updates any programs I have coming out any inspiration that I share a couple times a week you can go ahead and check out the show notes and follow those directions and now for real this time I'll see you in the next one take care thanks for listening to this week's podcast before we get started let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors